So over the years, that's meant we've done races together. We've traveled to different countries together. We've hosted fundraising events. We host events around mental health, right? Like it's about running, but it's much bigger than that. And I forgot the, the big thing. We actually, we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for nonprofits, including um, Planned Parenthood. And that was Allison Desir telling us how she is changing the world through movement. This is a really important podcast. Make sure you guys pay attention, okay? We'll be right back after these messages. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Greatest in sports and entertainment, connecting with them. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. Got a champion and carry champion. They girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connecting with them. Welcome back. Welcome back to Naked. Uh, I know the holidays are upon us, right? Uh, and usually around this time of year, it starts around Thanksgiving, a little bit before Thanksgiving. Um, we hear stories of how people are really sad or depressed or they are missing their loved ones or perhaps they're estranged from their loved ones whatever the world's problems are for said person we hear about it more often especially during the holidays it's something about this time of year that just um, makes people feel and by the time that you hear this podcast you have already learned that there was, or if you have been reading uh, the social media, uh, you have learned that there was a guy by the name of Stephen Twitch Boss, uh, who was a DJ uh, in terms of public facing on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and he committed suicide. Uh, it was confirmed, and it has been talked about over and over again um, probably more than usual because of the fact that he was an influencer who lived his life out loud uh, on social media. You could always follow him and his wife. They were dancing. There was a couple that danced together. There was a family that danced together. You could see him dancing with his children on social media. He would bring his sons to his kids to the Ellen DeGeneres show. He, they danced in front of everyone, in front of millions of people because it's a really popular show. And he was on that show Monday through Friday. In fact, when Ellen DeGeneres was unceremoniously removed from the show, he was hosting for some time. And he had been on the show since the beginning and worked his way all the way up to being an executive producer of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Imagine that. I come on and I'm your DJ, the person, your sidekick, if you will, that you talk to. And I work my way all the way up to being an executive producer on the show because he had become such an integral part of what people saw on daytime television. So when you have a job like that and you are huge on social media, people think they know you. Um, and I know, I know in real time, for me, I've never met him, but whenever I would watch his family, whenever I would see him on social media or on the show, I felt like I knew him. And this is a true testament to the fact that people you can never meet can really have a profound impact on your life. And when he committed suicide, or when there the early reports came out, someone dropped it in our group chat, and everyone in the group chat was affected. And no one knew him, but everybody in the group chat was like, wow, 
This is crazy. Uh, I can't believe that he killed himself. He seemed so happy. He brought us so much joy. We loved watching him and his family. And that's the key, right? In the kicker. Like we enjoyed watching him and his family. And then, then you hear the sayings, you never know what goes on on social media. People always pretend to be happy, et cetera, et cetera. You hear all the sayings. And then you hear the people who light up the rooms are the ones you should always check on. They are the ones who are struggling the most, whatever platitude you want to say, right? This is what you could hear. And then I started to call around because I had a couple of friends who, who really knew him one of which is Dwayne Wade. And, and I sent him a message because he posted these images of him. And I said, D, it's a sad day. And he said, it is a really sad day. He was like, this one hit me hard. Um, he really affected me in a, in a positive way. D was filling in on the Ellen DeGeneres show when she had rotating guests and he had formed a bond with, with Twitch. And Twitch really made it easy for him to do the job and helped him host the show and made him feel comfortable. And at one point, I think they were really considering D-Wade for the job, but he just didn't want to do it. Nevertheless, Twitch really, really touched his spirit because he was so kind and joyful and nice. And I and my mom always says this, and I'm saying it again, people honestly do not know about different moments, but they will always remember how you make them feel. I don't remember meeting 17 people the other day, but I do remember how one of those 17 persons made me feel. And that was what he did. He made people feel. So today on the podcast, I'm talking to Allison Desir. She is a community builder, an activist, an athlete, a runner. Um, and she became um, someone who used movement running as a way to be an activist. And I know that sounds weird. So how do you become a runner, right? And then ultimately use running as something to fight for social justice, to be an activist. And for her, it was because she was battling with depression. And she saw on social media that someone was running and she thought to herself, okay, this person looks like they're enjoying themselves. I paraphrase, she'll explain. But she used running to really combat her depression. And when she realized how it changed her life, she took that positive action and used it to change other people's lives. And not only other people's lives, more specifically the lives of women and Black women and other women, women who were not necessarily being heard or seen. And over the years, she has been able to create a community, uh, a very vulnerable community uh, that was founded on on the fact that she was depressed, she used running to make her feel better, then she shared that story with everyone else. And these people then heard her story and felt safe to share their story. And then once they started feeling better, they then decided that they wanted to help others. So her message today was so profound and she kind of didn't want to get into the twitch of it all, but I thought, why not? Why not? It's here. We're talking about it. And more importantly, by the time you hear this podcast, we'll be well into the holiday season, meaning Christmas will be right around the corner and people will be either dreading spending time with their family or wishing they had family or wanting to spend time with a family or someone who feels like family or friends. And when you don't have any of those things around this time of year, you get really depressed. You just do. Or if you already battle with depression and you don't feel like you can share that with anyone this is a good podcast to listen to because she talks about the feeling of being depressed and how she 
was able to realize that tomorrow will be better. And when tomorrow arrived, she then found that the next day would be better. I am not a therapist. I, I don't know much about depression. I don't sit here and pretend to be an expert. I listened to what she said. I appreciated what she said. And we all have been down. We've all battled with some form, I think, of depression, of feeling not worthy, of, of feeling as if you don't have an identity or no one cares if you are here, or loneliness, the basic, just basic loneliness. And while it is not confirmed, that is exactly what Twitch was dealing with. I'm sure it's not that far off. And, and while that's none of our business, I think our business should be to support the conversation of mental health and wellness. But the other part of that conversation is the action that needs to happen. The action that needs to happen when you realize I'm having a conversation about being depressed or I don't feel well or I feel lonely. What then, what do you do then? What are the steps? How do you begin? And for Allison, it was running. And she created a movement. She is a badass woman. And she created a movement. Something that started off as, hey, I'm struggling with this. I don't want to be here in this world. Turned into, okay, now I'm an athlete. And I'm finding a way to take all of these negative feelings and turn them into something positive. And then now I'm actually turning this into something that can help others. And not only am I helping others, I'm changing the world one run at a time, one motivational conversation at a time. She wrote a book, Running While Black. Please check it out. But most importantly, listen to her words. She's very vulnerable and I appreciate it. It's hard to be vulnerable in society today. And, but the overall message that you should take away is that you do matter. Thank you for listening to this edition of Naked. Here is Allison DeSeer. To this day, uh, I'll give always give the backstory. I met Allison at a Misty Copeland event. It was when Under Armour was really deep into making sure that they were giving platforms to people, women more specifically, who are athletes in other ways, right? Because a ballerina is an athlete, a runner, clearly, marathon runner, athlete. And it was beautiful. You were there. I think there was um, someone who ran track for the Olympics, Natasha. I still Natasha Hastings. Yep. I still talk to her to this day. It was a great event. It was some real powerhouses there. Do you remember Adrienne Lofton, who then went to Nike, no. who now I think is at Google? I'm not, or maybe not even there anymore, but she's she's made a few career jumps. Of course. Do you remember? Yeah, she is. She was blazing the trail for all of us, still is. Still is. Wow. What a... It's just so beautiful still to see that we're out here staying committed to the cause. Everyone in their own way, a little different, you know, we digress here and, and not in a bad way. We pivot here. We do these these things in this world. But um, exactly. it's an honor to have you on the podcast and to mm -hmm. highlight what you've been doing for the community. So okay. tell everyone about, okay, I met you. And if I had to describe you, I would be like, oh, she had created Harlem Run. That's when I, that's what I initially knew of you. What was mm -hmm. Harlem Run? Harlem Run was, is an organization that I started almost exactly 10 years ago after running a marathon, falling in love with running, but recognizing that there were not a lot of us Black people in my training program, in races. So I wanted to share that experience in a way that centered us and our joy. Why did you start running? 
I started running because I was very depressed, actually. I had been super active growing up. I had run the 400 meter, 400 meter hurdles, um, but distance was never my thing until I was very depressed, just like on social media, watching people live their best lives. And I saw a black guy who was training for a marathon. And my first thought was, regular black people don't do that, right? Like if they're not from Kenya or Ethiopia, (laughs) (laughs) but this dude was running and he was talking about how he was changing his life. If you know long distance runner, you know, all we do is try to convince other people to run. And I, I followed his journey and I decided, listen, if he can do it, I can do it. So that is where like a key example of representation matters. Him running showed me that I could run And sure enough, it's transformed my life. Everything has come from that decision. Uh, Do you mind sharing why you were depressed? Yeah, no, not at all. So I was just, you know, life circumstances. My father was very sick with Lewy body dementia. And um, it's, you know, it's similar to Alzheimer's. So he was losing his language. He didn't know where he was, who I was. I was changing his diaper just really depressing to see a person you love slowly crumble before you. And I was in a really bad relationship with somebody who didn't value me, but I only, I saw my value through that person. So when that person didn't call me, I was like unable to get out of bed. When he called me, suddenly I mattered. And finally I couldn't find a job. So all of that just meant that I was home um, feeling really badly about myself and you know, in light of the time that we're recording this, right, like recognizing um, Twitch, who um, recently um, took his own life, that these are very real issues, right? And there was a time when I didn't see a future for myself. I thought that that was the end of my story. So I am just so grateful to running and then to counseling and the community that I formed that I'm, that I'm still here. So you be, you run, you do your very first marathon. Was it a half marathon? Was it a, look at me, am I trying to cheat? A quarter marathon? You get the whole 26.2, I think it is. The whole 26.2, that's right. The The whole damn thing. Damn, okay, go on. (laughs) You're a beast, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, and it was just amazing. Like, there's nothing like doing something difficult and recognizing you're much more powerful than you thought, right? Like, I can't tell you the number of times I wanted to quit, but I did it. And that made me realize, hmm, I can apply this strategy to other aspects of my life. Other very difficult, seemingly impossible things, well, I can break that up into small pieces like a marathon training plan, and I can get my goal. So the, the, the point of Harlem Run was to connect us or was exactly. it about connecting us and helping us with our mental health? Was it just connecting us and all by, mental, body, physical, mental? I'm trying to get it out. Mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, yeah. Was all that all of that. For? It, was, it was essentially I had this transformational experience and I thought more people like me need to experience this. So mind, body, soul, um, as the group grew, I realized that people were finding their life partners, myself included. People were ending relationship because they realized they were bad relationships and forming new ones. They were getting new jobs. They were making best friends, right? I wanted people to see how running is a vehicle for personal transformation. And I would learn also for social change. How 
how did Harlem Run grow over the years? It's been a decade, as you said. How has yeah. it grown? It started slowly. So there was six months where I showed up every Monday night by myself. And thank goodness to my mother, who just kept saying, like, keep showing up. People are watching. One day they'll show up. And if you're not there, they then the group will fail. So that sort of like was in the back of my mind that I had to keep showing up. And little by little, I think what has grown the group is the vulnerability that I brought in the beginning, right? In being honest and authentically myself. Also in making the group a place where we sort of co-create what it looks like, right? Like I do not have all of the answers. Um, I don't know everything. So bringing in other leaders of different paces, of different racial and ethnic backgrounds, and creating a space where we could all contribute to this community and what it looks like. So over the years, that's meant we've done races together. We've traveled to different countries together. We've hosted fundraising events. We host events around mental health, right? Like it's about running, but it's much bigger than that. And I forgot the, the big thing. We actually, we've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for nonprofits, including um, Planned Parenthood. You're like, and let me bury the lead. We out here building I know. lives. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you mentioned him, so I'll talk about it because that's been on my heart too, because I, I, I feel like everybody felt the death of someone, whether you knew him or not. You know what the biggest takeaway for me was? You can really feel like you know someone, even if you've never met them. I knew him, I knew his wife, and I knew his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sharing this on another podcast because this person was a comedian and I was curious about how, because I hear comedians are the saddest people. I hear that mm-hmm. the people who make you laugh and put on so much energy to please you often are mm-hmm. quiet and sad. And he was saying, mm-hmm. that's because you don't know who you are. I know who I am mm-hmm. outside of this this title as comedian. Mm-hmm. Twitch's um, death, his suicide, mm-hmm. highlights to me two things. One, obviously, we've been told over and over again, people really are out here on social media and you think everybody's getting it. Mm-hmm. I never believe everything I see. I never believe the girl who has the great, the greatest body and interviewing mm-hmm. all the cutest boys or hanging out mm-hmm. with the coolest kids. I never believe that. I believe mm-hmm. if you work so hard at being an influencer, and I think mm-hmm. if you work so hard at producing content to show people that you are getting it, there mm-hmm. must be something wrong. There's a true mm-hmm. disconnect there. So mm-hmm. with your group, your mm-hmm. run group specifically, you created a connection but mm-hmm. talk about the science behind physical activity and running. Mm-hmm. What does it mm-hmm. feel like? It's a getaway, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I also, I want to just say one more thing about Twitch and, and to your point that you never know what somebody is going through and that when I was very depressed, um, you know, depression and anxiety, all of those things bring you inward and it's a very internal struggle, right? So it's not, so I was able to put on a good face in many situations while still struggling internally, right? So anyway. What do you know? To, we can talk about that. What do you mean? Yeah. We, yeah. What do you mean by that? It brings you inward. I, yeah. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I know because I, 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 I haven't struggled with it. I've been sad. I've been moments where I felt mm-hmm. like in my life, I'm like, I just is heavy. And it's usually yeah. associated with me not knowing my identity or who mm-hmm. I am or feeling mm-hmm. or feeling like I was waiting for some sort of affirmation from someone else, mm-hmm. whether it be a relationship, whether it be a work relationship, personally and professionally, mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. sad and have been sad when I felt like I needed affirmation that I wasn't getting. And I mm-hmm. really work very hard, especially in this business, 
to not look towards others for affirmation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely a piece of it. You know, for me, I also think about, and I talk about this in my book, Running While Black, but I think about the ways that in society, we get a lot of messages around what you should look like, what success is, mm. who's valuable. And so for me, on top of my like, like my life circumstances, I was getting this message that I was unworthy, right? And and I couldn't make sense of it because I, I, had wa- I once had a sense of self, but now being in this position where I couldn't get a job, okay, that means I'm not successful. Mm-hmm. Where I was in a really bad relationship, okay, that means that I'm ugly and stupid, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just found myself in this pattern where if a friend called me, sometimes I wouldn't pick up, but if I did pick up, I knew that the feelings that I was feeling, those internal feelings were too heavy. So I would pretend that everything was okay. So on the outside, many people had no recognition of how much I was suffering, particularly because they knew me as this high performing person. So knock on wood, what what happened to, you know, Twitch taking his own life? That's a scenario that I could have seen for myself, right? I was overdosing on medication and trying to numb myself and really just put myself to sleep until life got better. Hmm. And I can tell you that if I had taken my life, so many people around me would have said, I had no idea, but she went to such and such school and she did such and such, right? But none of that really matters when you're feeling a need for validation, like you said, or when the pressure of the world um, gets too much or when you have financial troubles or you have these worries that consume you. It's, life is hard. And um, and this is unfortunately um, just a, a reality. Folks are not always okay. And it's okay not to be okay. I think that Absolutely. you are very clear of what can happen if you take action. It's very trendy mm-hmm. to talk about mental mm-hmm. health and wellness, but there is mm-hmm. no action. Like mm-hmm. there is no action to say, I want to to get better, so let mm-hmm. me run. I want to get better, mm-hmm. so let me quit my job because it really mm-hmm. depresses me. I want to mm-hmm. get better, so let me get off of social media. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that mm-hmm. is, whatever it is for whomever. Mm-hmm. How were you able to connect the two and 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 thank God you were yeah. and create a, an oasis for so many mm-hmm. of us, especially black folks? I feel so lucky that I was able to because again, it's difficult depending on your circumstances. But in my experience, I just had had enough of feeling the way that I was feeling. And I was reading a book at the time, a book by Dr. Phil, who is a controversial figure, but Dr. Who? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. So listen, he did say something. He said that your life, um, that you are the architect of your life. If things are going badly in your life, well, you are responsible for that. And he said that if you don't take action, your life will continue on this path. For whatever reason, that message just like really hit home. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> if I'm the architect, then I am building a terrible home. <laughs> I need to get with the plan and, and get, get moving. And so that really, that seeing my friend running, I realized, oh, maybe running will be part of the solution. And there's sort of this snowball effect of once you start doing something positive, other, it's like the world conspires to move in that direction. And once I had achieved that for myself, I said, well, it would be selfish of me to not share this with other people. And that really was the genesis of Harlem Run and everything that I've done since right? Recognizing that I can do something about a situation and then wanting to really bring other people in with me on that journey. Wow. So 
you said you did something positive and you mm. felt that you felt like the world working was working for you, right? It could, mm-hmm. it could be anything. So then mm-hmm. you have this really positive experience and you have the wherewithal to figure out that you need to share that with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so find your purpose. Exactly. And I think about it, you know, there's positive feedback loops and there's negative feedback loops. And listen, when I'm feeling crappy and I don't get out of bed and then I don't take a shower and then I decide to just eat pizza and, you know, unhealthy things, then I start feeling like I started off feeling bad. By the end of the day, I'm feeling worse, right? The negative momentum just builds and builds. When I, if you take one positive action, again, this doesn't solve everything. I'm just talking within, you know, my experience. When I wake up and take a shower, I'm like, poof, checks one thing off my list. All right, let's get breakfast, right? Then maybe I make a choice, a healthful choice that feels good. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I can go for a run. I build my to-do list, right? So there is something to that positive momentum. And I have been blessed in a lot of experiences. People also pick up on that energy and they mm-hmm. want to be part of this wave of positive movement. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really worked to my favor. My favor. My favor. All right, you guys, you know what time it is. I got to pay some bills. I encourage you because these commercials are long. I know I'd be listening to the podcast to fast forward. Just push that button to the right every 15 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. When we come back, we will have Allison Desir. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with Champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion. They girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Get naked. Welcome back to Naked. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've never ran a marathon. I don't feel, I don't feel inspired to run a marathon, but I almost feel like I should run a marathon. Here is Allison Desir. So now, uh, you know, I. I, and I don't even, I don't want to make it like, this is not heavy, but I do think it's important to talk about this. So this is an action. This is something that I was talking about on my show. I go, we need an action. Everyone's so trendy and talking about mental health and wellness and check on your strong friends and check on your friend and all that other stuff you see. But what is the action? What are you asking said friend to do if they're feeling away? Or are we, are we even comfortable to say we don't feel good? You now take something with Harlem Run and it becomes a movement. Tell me the things that have grown outside of, or from rather, Harlem Run. Mm-hmm. So, in, given birth to rather. <laughs> yes, I've birthed lots of little babies, not yeah. so little babies. Um, yeah. But out of Harlem Run came Run for All Women, which was really an accidental movement. But in response to the election, the 2016 election, and the recognition that reproductive rights were coming under attack, I looked at the community that I had in Harlem Run, the growing platform and voice that I had. And to your point about taking action, I realized, listen, I can do something about this. I can't change all of the world's problems. But I started to think about how can I galvanize all of these folks to fundraise for Planned Parenthood, right, to address the reproductive rights, um, and then also to, to... to energize, to put all of our energy together to make a statement that 
we're not going to take this laying down. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. So what I did is I organized a run from Harlem to Washington, D.C. that coincided with the Women's March. And, you know, it started off just as a simple idea of four black women. We were running on behalf of all women and it snowballed. The GoFundMe went viral. We raised over $150,000 for Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. had over a thousand people join us in person. Virtually, people were running all over the country. And that sort of launched uh, within the greater running industry a recognition of how we can use movement for social change. Like, And of course, I'm not the first person to do this, right? I think about Martin Luther King, and I think about how for Harriet Tubman, how for Black people, movement has always been protest. So I was sort of putting these pieces mm. together. And uh, Run for All Women became a movement that has gone on to raise $300,000 for Black Voters Matter, Amen. focuses on civic engagement, and, you know, and there, more and more and more, right? Like, I'm, I'm one of those people who's always seeing with my particular set of skills, like Liam Neeson says, <laughs> what can I do in yes. this world to make it better? <laughs> if you guys have not seen Taken, you do yourself a favor. That man oh, was like, I, like, you took my daughter. I have a particular set of skills and I will come and I, I will find, find you, you and I will kill you. You better give my daughter back. And they were like, whatever they said. And he was like, okay, I got it. But first of all, my dad would have been like, I don't have any skills. I wish my daughter didn't fool around and lie to me about where she was going and she don't have to I stay with y'all right now I guess, <laughs> I who is this get off my phone playing black folks i ain't got time for this click go on and take her click click the one of carrie's little friends playing on the phone wouldn't wouldn't take the threat seriously one little bit like that would you um <laughs> so so then um you wow congratulations who runs black voters matter i want to make sure i know yeah, Latasha Brown and Cliff Albert. And Latasha okay. Brown is... Already, Latasha anybody, Brown's my sister. Like, oh. literally my sister. I was like, I want to make sure that I'm being clear. because I was like, that's Latasha's organization. She's been on the podcast. You, she can do oh. no wrong. Go ahead. Tell me about Latasha. Well, what I was going to say is anytime that I'm feeling frustrated and hopeless, I just listen to Latasha and man, does she fire you up and give you a clear-eyed vision of how we got to stay in the fight because things will get better. Oh, man, we got to stay in the fight because things will get mm-hmm. better. So then mm-hmm. um, after you do this amazing thing, you raise all of this money. It went from four black women to over a thousand people. And, and you guys are running from Harlem to D.C. How does that go? Do you, do you stop and take a nap? Do you, what do you so, do? <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> where do we take a break at? We pull over the to family. the side of the road. Do we get wine on the run? Because I'm all in. <laughs> There's no wine, so Carrie, this would not have been for you. This is how this time I run. (laughs) Initially, with the four of us, initially we planned, yes, cheers. We planned Mm -hmm. to, we planned to nap, right? We planned to break it up amongst the four of us. We would stay in different places with friends along the way. But as all these people started joining, one of my friends, Mary Arnold, um, who's a white woman, incredible ally and supporter and community builder, she was like, why don't we change this into an overnight relay? So we broke up. 250 miles into four mile increments. And we took turns, not just the four of us, but strangers alongside of the road. So there was this beautiful coming together and, and sort of trust that we were going to be running 
jumping in the van and taking turns and that along the way, the people who said they would be there to run mileage would actually be there. Mm. And I have, I'm happy to say that there was no harm, right? No, nobody came out and heckled us or made our life difficult. It was just this beautiful moment in time where we were all united by the cause of you know, supporting women's reproductive rights, resisting the incoming administration and the divisiveness that that president has sort of unleashed in this country. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a bad way right now in the sense mm. that um, everyone is either, you know, this or that. You have to mm. be a Republican or a Democrat. If you say mm. you agree with some of Trump's policies, I immediately think you're a racist. If If mm. I say... I voted for Biden. You think I'm extremely liberal. We yeah. are identified in very polarizing times. And Absolutely. I feel like black women are under attack, like black folks mm-hmm. in general, but black women in particularly because of the specific set of skills we we hold. Mm-hmm. Um, we are probably the most educated group of people. We are the most mm-hmm. entrepreneurial in the sense that we can take nothing and make it into something overnight because the hustle don't quit. Right. Um, it, I can sit on the phone with some of my group chats and we literally can change the world in 15 minutes, like literally in 15 minutes. We, if we need to organize, we are organized and it's done. Like things we can do amaze me. Yes. Chills. Right. It's just like, do we just do that? You know? And then we can do it without anybody knowing we did it. Like we Mm. move so stealth. Mm. And I feel like the racial renaissance of 2020 is walking itself back as we prep Mm -hmm. or said prepare for Mm -hmm. another administration that could perhaps include the orange man and Trump. Mm -hmm. And here I am inspired and listening to all the work that you are doing. Have you felt that same resistance as -hmm. you try Mm -hmm. to still be the community builder that you are, the activist that you are? Have you felt that resistance with your program? You know, I have, and this is why Latasha Brown, she's my go-to. But what I think about, and this is me sort of looking at all of this on a macro level, when I think about the divisiveness that's going on in this country. When you have a certain privilege for a long time, when other people start to get access to that privilege, it feels like something's being taken away, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that very simply. When you are allowed to walk through the front door, when you're the only person who is allowed to walk through the front door, and then suddenly other people get access to walk through the front door, you're like, wait a minute, but this is my door. Nobody has taken away your ability to walk through that front door. Other people have joined you, but it feels like you're losing something. And so I think what this country is experiencing is people who for a long time had control of all institutions, and and this is white people, right? are starting to recognize a demographic shift, um, us having access to power, creating our own um, our own ways of being and existing, and it feels like they're le- losing their foothold. And so what that means is there's this white lash, right? That, so then people, white folks, folks in power are like, well, we got to dig in and be even more in control. And um, unfortunately, unfortunately, that looks like these super regressive policies, books being banned, history, literal facts being removed from the curriculum. So on the one hand, I, I, as a mother, I feel, I feel that resistance and I feel afraid for my son. But on the other hand, I know that I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I know that you're going to keep doing what you're doing. I know that each of us are going to keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, we can slowly keep 
peeling away <laughs> that that white lash, that resistance that we're facing. Where do you get your energy uh, mm. and your motivation to continue? Because I, I, I quite frankly, much like um, the doc, I had I had Soledad O'Brien on my Amazon mm. show, and and she is producing or she executive produced the documentary uh, based off the book the Rebe- the rebellious Mrs. Rosa Parks, and mm. she. She basically takes every single fact that we learned in high school and college and says, well, that's just not who Rosa Parks was. She was not Mm -hmm. an accidental activist. In fact, everything she did was purposeful. And and I'm like, how come I'm today years old? Why am I believing what they said, whoever they may be, the the education Mm -hmm. system, the folks who told us that she just was so tired from a long day at work. So she decided, well, no, that's not happening at all. So she was tired, period. So mm. I ask you, Allison, how do you stay energized when you're tired? It's t- it's hard saving the goddamn world. I save <laughs> the world every day when in my way too, whether it be with my foundation or what I put out in the universe, I do it with my job. I take risk. I take risk speaking freely and loudly and boldly for us. So how do you not, and thank you for what you're doing, but how do you not get tired? Yeah, so- I'm going to say right now, I get tired. I okay, am good. tired. So good. Good. <laughs> I am not some superhuman. I have not figured it out. But what I will say is that I also recognize that my work is not happening in a silo, that we are, and this is the beautiful thing about Black people, about Black women, is that we are sharing this load. And sometimes I don't have to fight that fight because somebody else is fighting it. And then it's like, tag, you're it, Right. Also, I am so incredibly energized by connecting with people and by being, you know, being intentional with my action and like chipping away at problems like that just excites me. And that is my particular personality. So when I get into these spaces where people have this sense of overwhelm, um, I can sort of see different puzzle pieces and put them together. And this is not across all industries or across all problems. Again, I got my particular set of skills, but mm-hmm. it is so energizing that when I see another opportunity, I'm like, oh, that that lights me up. I can do that. Now, of course, in a, an ideal world, I wouldn't be using all this energy to fight racism, white supremacy, sexism. I would probably be, I don't know, on the moon. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my father used to say that all the energy you put towards caring about your hair Imagine if you applied that to like physics. Right? Life. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so in an ideal did, world, by the way, so- that was a sermon. All the energy you put towards your hair, black woman. Imagine if you took all that damn energy and put it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Girl, we, we unstoppable. Go on. <laughs> yeah, so that's the point. So, you know, there are, I, but I do make time for my other pursuits, but I just, it, it lights me up to be with people, to have, uh, to be among people who are their authentic selves, who are yeah. also winning. Yeah. And that really does fuel me along with the fact that I have a son and that yeah. my son will one day be, he's like the sweetest little person. And I just want to make sure that he can remain sweet and kind and curious in a world that doesn't want him to be any of those things. When you don't get, when you get tired, you think about those that you love. I think that's important. But what about for the folks before you had a son? What about for the folks? What advice are you giving to folks who who don't have someone that 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 they love more than they love themselves? 
You know, what if, what about the people who don't have a purpose? Um, it just, just, it makes me, and what if you do have all that and it still doesn't matter? It makes mm. me think of Twitch. What if you have all that and it still mm-hmm. doesn't matter? Yeah, you know, again, what is so difficult about living in the world today is that there are, and I again, I talk about this realization in my book, is that there's but so much counseling or anybody can do for you when you live in a world that's built to destroy you, right? Mm-hmm. When you live in a world where the pressures of making money, of performing, of being physically perfect, of always playing the part, when you feel that pressure from a world, you know, and it's not, this is not made up pressures. When you're in the public eye, like these are literal pressures, right? Because Mm -hmm. God forbid you do something else and then your life is destroyed because you're on a pedestal. So there is honestly, but so much because the world can be a dangerous place. And that is when I start thinking about, well, how then can we rebuild the world? If we built the systems, we can dismantle them and rebuild them. That may take a lot of time, but I am eager for the day that a woman, a femme person can present in public, say something, and the conversation isn't about what their makeup looked like or what they had on, right? Where they can just be analyzed for their thoughtful response. We're not there yet, but so that is what informs my fight. And for people without kids, you certainly, well, hopefully you're in community with other people. You probably have a skill set or something that lights you up. Think about how can you apply that skill set to making the world a better place. And there's this amazing resource um, that you will link in the show notes because I can't remember it right That's now. Okay. But it, but about, when she gives it to us, we'll put it in. Okay, go on. Yes. <laughs> but it is about finding your role in a social change ecosystem. Mm. There are some people who are, let's think about COVID. There are some people who are first responders who thank goodness they were out there and they were caring for people. They were in hospitals, our nurses, our doctors. Then there were also people who were doing the labor, the care work so that many of us could stay inside. And those are people like delivery people, um, people who were on the ground, you know, doing, doing the often thankless jobs. Then there were the poets who wrote about this time and captured the emotional harm and fear. Then there were the activists who are, right? So et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are several different roles. So think about like, what can I do, right? I don't Mm -hmm. do what Carrie Champion does. Carrie Champion doesn't do what I do, but we each Mm -hmm. are part of this social change ecosystem. So Mm. stick with it and find your thing. Find the the role, whatever your skill set is. It can, and you don't even know how valuable or invaluable, rather, your skill set is until you actually apply it in this change that we are looking mm-hmm. for. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. 
Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every champion they carry champions to be a champion. A champion they carry champion. They girl you did it. Got a champion they carry champion. They carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Can make it work. Tell me about the book that you wrote. Yes. Running the while black. Running while black. Okay, and that has and so many meanings, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> Very exactly. smart. And so, and that is, you know, the, initially the book had a different name. It was called The Unbearable Whiteness of Running. And my editor... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're tired of y'all white folks. Go ahead. <laughs> my editor said, that is a powerful name, but two things. One, 
it centers whiteness and not you and your That's story. That's right. That's right. And two, that many people will recoil, many white people will recoil from that title. And and as much as my book is for black people, it centers it's for, us. Yeah. It's for humans. I want, right. I want other people. I want other white people. I want white people and other people to read it. So yeah. the book is about my personal story of finding running and how it transformed my life, but recognizing that there were not a lot of black Americans participating in the sport, that we didn't have access to power or decision-making when it comes to who's on the board of um, brands, running retail, who was publishing magazines, who was on the cover of magazines, and then learning the true history of our sport and just how much Black people actually contributed to it, but we were erased. So it tells the story of what it means to be a Black person in this country, running, moving through space, and dealing with the cognitive dissonance, right? Of being like, wow, running is freeing and amazing, but I have to be careful because if I run, if I'm in the quote unquote wrong place at the wrong time, somebody might just kill me. Wow. Wow. Just imagine, just imagine. And mm. then you talk about erasure. Like it's mm. so, it's so prevalent how the history books are like, you when you, and, and, and I hate that it just as of late is something we're talking about with like, and shout out to my girl, with the 1619 project. Like yes. I felt like she educated the world. Right. It's like, Hannah, thank you yes. for that. Like I just yes. literally, um, how did I just now realize that, you know, racism didn't stop when Martin Luther King did the March. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> we let the books tell you uh, President Lincoln freed us. And then, yeah. and then we were okay. And then we got exactly. our better rights. When Martin Luther King came along and Malcolm X was real bad. And then so was yeah. Megan. He was kind of in the middle. Like, you're like, what? It is, yes. it is mind blowing what we are learning about who we are in this country. We feel like we are interlopers in a country we built. And so like we're visitors, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and James Baldwin said it best, you know, to be black in America is to be in a constant state of rage. Mm -hmm. If you are woke, and I'll use that term, if you are exactly. aware, you're like, exactly. here he is again with this. Exactly. And, but then we have, then we have this, this wonderful, this wonderful community that such that you've built mm. that I've, I've built in my own way where we see ourselves really still fighting the fight. Mm. And and so I applaud you for that, first of all. Thank you. What do you see as what is next for you mm -hmm. in this mm. fight with your mm. skill set? What is mm. next? You know, I think that along over the past 10 years, I've sort of I've found myself reacting in a lot of ways. Right. Recognizing, oh, something's wrong. I can do some, I can act and do something to fix it or to address it. And so now I see myself in more, having more of a strategic opportunity of being more um, forward thinking, less responding to what has happened and think about, well, how can I uh, be more intentional and forward thinking? My platform is also a lot bigger than it was. I have this book, which is reaching so many people. I actually have a PBS show, a local PNW Pacific Northwest. Congratulations. PBS show. Thank you. And I've got big dreams. I want a national PBS show. I want to be able to travel the country sharing our stories, sharing the true history. 
allowing people to recognize just how important Black people, Black, Indigenous, and other people of color are to this country. And I want to inspire people to take action. At the end of the day, if I'm anything, I am an optimist, ultimately. And I believe that with education, with connection and community building, we can all take action to do something about this world. We are, it is, it is intentional that we feel hopeless, helpless, and lost. Like that is just, say that again, intentional that we feel hopeless, helpless, and lost. That is the system working as it intended. Then we all just lay down and say, oh, woe is me. And we end up fighting our neighbors, right? No, no, no. (laughs) Let's all get hip to this. Let's join forces and let's address these systemic issues and we can all be better, right? So I, the future for me is being on a larger scale, interacting with more folks and being part of that, that world that, that I want to see. Amen. And I'm glad you're here. I'm going to take it. Now that I know you're out here doing more work than needed, I'm going to take a break. Okay. And then when you get tired, you come you tap me in. back in and I'm a, then I'm going to pick it back up. Um, Girl, that's how, how we do it. Where can people get the book? Running While Black, you can buy it any and everywhere, wherever books are sold. People often ask me, is there one bookseller where you benefit more? No. So please just purchase it. It's also available on audiobook and you get to hear me narrate the book. I'm, you know, I'm, I, that's a car ride right now. I'm about to audible myself right now. Okay. Do and it. then, and then um, anything, any, any running projects coming up that you want to talk, talk about or tell people about? So I actually, I have a bunch of races that I'll be running next year, which is exciting because I haven't run a race since giving birth to my son. So I'll be at different, I'll be at the Eugene Marathon running, also speaking and selling books. I'll be at the Cherry Blossom 10 Miler, and I'll be arranging lots of events that combine running and conversations around about mental health. So you can find that on Allison, M as in Mary, Desir.com, everything on my website or Instagram. Uh, back on Instagram because that's where I live. Um, yeah. As we wrap, you were very honest about your depression. Do you still battle? Mm, I do. You know, I take medication every day, and there, and that is a reminder to me that this is um, this is a process. And a lot for a lot of people, there's shame around having to take medication. And you know what? I think about if I had high blood pressure or something else, I would just take the medication <laughs> because I would know that it's saving me. So I take this medication daily. I have a therapist who I go to. My partner, shout out to Amir Mohammed Figueroa, is just really kind and understanding and community and running are part of my coping mechanisms. Do you know why people who don't, who, who, whether they take medication or not, mm-hmm. what is this? And I don't know, because there are no answers, because I'm still mm-hmm. finding the words to talk about Twitch, yeah. because he seems so happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, because it wasn't diagnosed, they're being very tight lipped, but we do know he did take his own life. Mm-hmm. If there is someone feeling like they want to take mm-hmm. their own life, obviously, there is a suicide prevention line. But mm-hmm. what is What's the most immediate, most tangible thing someone can do battling with depression? Mm, Man, that is a tough one. Well, I I would say if you're listening that you matter and that tomorrow is full of possibilities, right? When I was depressed and in my lowest, I could not see that tomorrow could be better. And that's often why people take their own life because the pain is so real and it's so deep. 
but tomorrow offers possibilities. And once you get to tomorrow, there are resources, but know that you're not alone. You absolutely matter. The world needs you or you would not be here. So please stick around. Allison to see her. Thank you so much. You're just as, I mean, a pleasure, 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 pleasure. Allison did not have to tell me she was still battling with depression, but I asked because I didn't want people who are listening to this or anyone who hears this podcast to think, okay, now she's running. She has an organization. She's found her life partner. She has a child. Life is great. She gets tired. We get tired. I get tired, but she's okay with taking the medication. She's not of this. Oh, I am a Uh, gladiator. I don't want to take the medication. I don't want people to know I take the medication. I hear that all the time. When people take certain medications, it could be for, you know, ADHD and you need Adderall to focus. It could be for high blood pressure, as she mentioned. It could be for anything. But oftentimes our ego will tell us, I don't want to get addicted to that or I don't want to take that or I don't want to, I don't want that. Look, I'm a believer. If it makes you better, take it. I'm not trying to thug anything out, especially not depression. And so I appreciate her for being so candid. I encourage you to support her in the work that she does. You can do so by buying her book uh, and also, you know, go to her website, Allison M. Desir, D-E-S-I-R dot com. I appreciate you listening to me rant and rave, but more importantly, enjoy this holiday season. Enjoy spending time with your family. And if you're not spending time with your family or spend time with those who are like family, but the message The message that I think we all should remember is that you matter. We all matter. Talk to you next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.